Transphobic, and I didn't even know it. So without further ado, let's jump the fuck into it, shall we? So not to be narcissistic, but the name of this episode, Transphobic and Didn't Even Know It, is truly about me. After consulting some of my inner circle and some of my near and dear queers, as I like to call them, they felt it pertinent that I share a part of my story, especially in the light of all the transphobia that's happening not only in the United States and in Canada, but all around the world right now. See, I didn't start as an accomplice. I didn't even start as an ally. I originally was a member of the other side. I was extremely homophobic growing up. Until, I'll tell you, it was one of my friends in high school who used to tell me this. She said, Sin, you're one of the nicest guys I've ever met, except when it comes to homosexuals, and you're the biggest fucking asshole I know. You're the most judgmental and hateful person I know, and that just doesn't agree with who I know who you are. Her name is Christy. I'll never forget that. And that set me on the path to where I eventually am now, all those years ago. So you never know what you tell somebody now could affect them years down the road. Because Christy was right. I was a hate-mongering, homophobic, white, cis male, though we didn't have that language back then. But that's who I was. And so, and this is the reason why my near and dear queers wanted me to tell a story. Because if you've never heard of the term living in a state of grace is a fucked up place. But that's my existence every fucking day. Like, I am... It baffles me to know that I have some of the dearest people in my life are a part of the LGBTQA plus community. I'm honored to be a part of their chosen family. I'm honored that as a white cis male in the United States of America that I even have friends that even allow me to use the word queer. Right? To go back into the story, I was originally ordained as a Southern Baptist pastor. And I went to a Baptist college and got my undergraduate degree in religion. And then I decided to, in Texas, attend seminary. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. And it, it was one of the longest master's program at the school that I was at. And I remember one day when I was in a scriptures class. So I'm master's level course, right? For those of you who don't really know anything about seminary or what that entails, it's a master's level program at a university. 
And you get your degree in either divinity or whatnot. I know it's really weird that you say that you're getting a master's in divinity, like you're mastering God some way. Nonetheless, that's what I ended up getting. But before I got to that graduation point, I remember being in the scriptures class and it clicking to me that I no longer thought homosexuality was a sin. I remember raising my hand in class and saying, are you trying to tell me that the references to homosexuality in the Old Testament have nothing to do contextually with a loving relationship in the here and now? And my professor said, you're correct. I go, and you're trying to tell me that the few references in the New Testament have nothing to do with loving relationships in the here and now. It has everything to do with a power struggle. Yes. And I remember blurting it out in class. Then I don't believe that homosexuality is a sin anymore. And you go to her a needle scratch. Well, that was common, if you haven't understood that from me already, that I, I even... 20 plus years ago, I was a very controversial person, always pushing the envelope. Because Christy, all those years ago, before I even got my master's degree, was right. My view of homosexuality did not coincide in how I try to treat humans. And it was a world changer for me. And so then you fast forward and I... I'm able to say that I'm a true ally. I'm a member of PFLAG. I'm all of these things. Uh, I got the, the wonderful opportunity to start one of the first open and affirming uh, to the queer community churches in a, a downtown metropolitan area that was very adverse. I won't say what city it was, but it was very, it was in the, what I call the, fascist states of America, and in downtown, that was very adverse to the queer community that was in already in their community. And I remember when we first started that community, and one of my friends that I absolutely fucking adore, back when I was still on Facebook, you know, when did stupid shit like that. But I remember I had made a pro-LGBT, what I thought a T, comment on a post of theirs, and they are a part of the queer community themselves, and they just called me out. They said, your language is extremely transphobic. Mind you, by this time, I was considered a good liberal. I had yet taken the leap over to being an actual leftist, but I was a good liberal, right? And I thought I was doing the right fucking thing. But here's the deal. That conversation, that person who said that I had very transphobic language, somebody that I valued that had real estate in my life, told me that I needed to change. So I did. I started having trans friends. I started working with other trans pastors in my local area. 
And I realized that my friend who called me out on Facebook was right. Just like my friend Christy was right. That I had very transphobic rhetoric and I didn't even fucking know it. And I am eternally grateful for my friend who spoke that truth into my life. Because my life, I tell you right now, has been so fucking enriched by going from being a conservative homophobe to actually having beautiful people in my life. Beautiful queer people, beautiful trans people in my life, in the here and now. And that's what I said earlier when I said living in a state of grace is a fucked up place because to be honest with you, I don't feel most days I should even have that privilege. Even have that privilege to have them in my life. Yet here we are. Because I was transphobic and didn't even know it. And you may be transphobic and call yourself an ally or even accomplice and don't even know it. So that's why they felt like it was important for me at least to tell you this part of my story. And why I'm so fucking passionate about all this anti-trans bans bullshit that's happening in the here and now. And not only in the United States, but in Canada and throughout the whole entire fucking world right now. It's an epidemic. The trans hatred that's happening right now. It's a fucking epidemic. And this epidemic will quickly become an eradication of our trans loved ones if we as anti-fascists, specifically those of us who call ourselves allies and accomplices to the LGBTQA plus community, don't start speaking up, don't start standing up, and don't start bucking up against these forces that are targeting our trans loved ones. This eradication will fucking happen. It will. And not only are they targeting our trans loved ones, they're also targeting drag queens throughout the entire fucking United States and Canada right now. It's fucking ridiculous. But they are targeting them because the idea of trans and drag queens fucking assaults their idea of what Christian nationalism should look like. Because you are keeping... White babies from being born. And that's why they see this as a holy war. You heard me correctly. These Christian nationalists that are targeting our trans loved ones, that are targeting our drag queens that we also love, they feel like it's a holy fucking war. Because somehow they're taking away from the reproduction of white babies. And until we start treating it like they are, until we start seeing them as an adversary like they see us, this eradication will fucking continue. And that's not acceptable to me. What about you? I want to give a huge fucking shout out to the anti-fascists at UC Davis this weekend on St. Patty's Day when the fucking Proud Boys tried to erupt their pro-trans and drag rally. They sent those motherfuckers packing. Same in New York. Much love to you motherfuckers in New York. Telling those motherfuckers to go back to Long Island. They sent the Proud Boys packing. 
That's how anti-fascists should be conducting themselves all over the fucking world. Much love to the anti-fascists in Milan, Italy, who are standing up for their brothers and sisters in the trans communities in Italy. And much love to my anti-fascist brothers and sisters, I think, in Brisbane or Queensland. I've got folks there all over, but I know that you clash with Nazis also over a trans and drag rally in your community this weekend as well. Much love to you all. Because that's how that shit should happen. Proud Boys should be running in fear. Neo-Nazis should be running in fear. I can't say this shit on TikTok. I can't say this shit on Reddit. But go on fucking ivory hunting on these motherfuckers. Make them have goddamn dental bills. Neo-Nazis... And fucking Florida shouldn't be giving interviews to NPR as they fucking project their laser neo-Nazi propaganda skyline of fucking Tampa, Florida on the weekends. Fucking find those motherfuckers. They're afraid to lose their teeth, so make them have a reason to be afraid. And can we talk about Wadsworth, Ohio, and the fucking bullshit that happened there? Much love to the anti-fascists who stood their fucking grounds against those nutter-butters. I mean, everybody's seen it all over the internet about, was he on a Zelda quest? I don't fucking know, or King Arthur. But the motherfucker in the chainmail outfit for the White Lives Matter crowd that was protesting against the drag show that was happening, his ass got lit up by pepper spray, and it was fucking awesome. But everybody else saw what else happened. One of the White Lives motherfuckers that looked like a Duck Dynasty dildo in Carhartt overalls had a fucking snub nose 357 or a snub nose 38, whatever. But he quickly pulled it out right behind a fucking cop in Wadsworth. And nothing happened. So what are we supposed to do as anti-fascists when shit like that happens? What are we supposed to do when they bring guns and we have nothing to protect ourselves with? This is something we need to start asking ourselves. Do we need to start providing 2A security at drag shows and at trans events? If the organizations will have us, that is. If we're invited to do so. And don't get me started about the fucking neo-Nazi numbnuts of the, what do they call themselves? Blood tribe. Those neo-Nazi motherfuckers should not be walking correctly back to their fucking cars. Or their cars should be fucking, I don't know, altered. Let's put it that way. By the time they get back. If you really want to get back at these motherfuckers, make sure they don't have a way back. Just saying. We have to continuously show the fascists, no matter whether we are in Wadsworth, Ohio, Milan, Italy... Brisbane, Australia, no matter where we are, we have to continuously let these fucking fascists know that we're not allowing them to run the roost any fucking more. They need to be afraid of us. They need to be afraid of us in Tampa, Florida. They need to be afraid of us in Wadsworth, Ohio. They need to be afraid of us in Rome, Italy, and Milan, Italy. They need to be afraid of us in Queensland and New South Wales, Australia. They need to be afraid of anti-fascists and what we will do to them. 
if they continue, because you know what? Fascists all around this goddamn world are too fucking comfortable. So let's make them unfucking comfortable once again. And with that being said, thank you once again for tuning in to the Anti-Fascist Hour-ish podcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Original Sin. And let us remember, let us tread where there is fascism. Oh.